What's up, film fans? Welcome to another episode of What the Flick, the movie podcast where we pitch films we haven't seen based only on the poster. We are your poster boys. I'm Matt. And I, of course, am Mark. And today we'll be figuring out just what the hell happens in 12 Angry Men. What the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is Gonna tell you what we think it's about With the help of the poster, we figure it out What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists We'll be doing it better cause we're so cool And back to two years left in school What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit Got better writers than Steven Spielberg Film directors are all done nerds What the flick, what the flick, that's the name of the podcast It's almost time, so make some noise It's time for the poster boys, so what the flick I'm, oh, you can't believe you've eaten the last lasagna again You're always doing this and then 11 more people say that. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it, 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 more and more people come in. And one of them is like, you eat the, the lasagna! And this is the one guy whose lasagna it actually is. Everyone yeah. else has just been stealing the lasagna. Yeah. Uh, and then the last guy comes in and he's an Italian. <laughs> I, and he's like, I'm the angriest man! <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the 12th man, he's a my lasagna. I'm the angry. I had so much lasagna and I have another lasagna. And it would be great if this film was just called 12 Progressively More Angry Men. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen this film, as is the point of the show. But I, I think they should call it funny. one slightly annoyed man, <laughs> <laughs> one perturbed gentleman, yeah. three uh, grumpy men. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, just and so on, etc. And, and, so and that's the title. Yeah. That's the title. And so on, etc. <laughs> Yeah, brackets, but the last guy's really fucking mad. That's the tagline. You won't believe. You, yeah. Number 12 will, will, will blow your mind. That's a great Darman the... title. 11 men are angry. You won't believe what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> a 12th angry man. Right? <laughs> it's, it's the original listicle. Yeah. <laughs> I had a... You won't believe how angry number 12 is. Would you like to hear my incident with an angry man that happened this very day? I would love that. Uh, yesterday, well, I've been sick all weekend, and yesterday I slept in because I was very sick. I slept too long, and I woke up and I'd missed my hair appointment. Oh, no. Um, Here's what it is. Like, I was sick. I wouldn't have went anyway. I just felt rude because I didn't contact them. But I did. Because you didn't know. I, yeah. I, did, I did contact them afterwards and apologize because I've only moved house, and I don't want to... I don't want to get off on a bad foot because they're like a good hairdresser and you don't want to be able to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to ruin your relationship with your barber. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, absolutely. And I already have bad hair and I did binti and whatever I've got of it, right? (laughs) But um, today I went went for a little walk through the city um, and I realized that there was a hairdresser actually in in the shopping center that I hadn't seen before. And I was like, do you what? My hair is too long. Maybe I'll just go and get a haircut. It'll, like, it'll be fine. I'm only going to get a very and basic... And you walked in, and who was getting a haircut but your barber? <laughs> no. Twelve very angry men. No. <laughs> Twelve very angry barbers no. who you'd made progressively, like... More angry. Later yeah. and later appointments with. Um, no, I walked in. It's a real ex-girlfriend situation. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was uh, on getting a haircut with two different barbers at the same time. I had to keep jumping between them, not letting them know. Like a real 80s yeah. like, Situation. You're like, oh, hang on, I've just got to go take this call and <laughs> yeah. sprint off to the barber's like, next door. Yeah, I was like, did you have a mullet last time you were in here? <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You sound crazy right now. Well, I went just to- gaslighting 12 <laughs> angry barbers. A good film. <laughs> I'd watch 12 angry barbers. And sure. I, oh, fuck, that would be a good short film of the guy who's who's missed an appointment at every barber in the city, died to get a haircut before his wedding. Nobody will yes. do it for him. <laughs> On the morning of his wedding, just sprinting yeah. from barber to barber. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should save this. Maybe that's what Henry Fonda does in this film. Anyway, sorry. maybe. Right. 
I was in the I was in the hair dressers, and again, I haven't been to this place before. I didn't even know it existed until today. And I walked in, and as I sat down, and this was about um three or so, I looked up, and on the sign it said only open. Like it was like eleven to three thirty on a Sunday is the only time it opens. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't sit here because you know they're gonna close soon. But the person in the chair looked like they were nearly done. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, my haircut's yeah. pretty basic. I just get sides and back shaved and the top trimmed you know it's not not a complicated job no sure and i sat there and then i saw the person or as i was sitting there the barber obviously didn't close the shutters because i was in and then like three more people appeared and he clearly was like he clearly was like looking perturbed but didn't do anything because he was like well i didn't close the shutter it's my fault do you mean um and then i feel like in in that situation what i would say is Oh, hey, sorry, time. guys, we're closed. Yeah. Well, I've just, I just got this. I've just got this last guy, and yeah. then and then we're done. You'll have to come back tomorrow. Oh, like that. To be fair, then this is partly on him also, but still, <laughs> I would uh, say it's yeah. entirely on him. Yeah. Uh, the person who then was getting their haircut, it was completed, and they stood up, turned around, and I looked at them, and the haircut was fucking shit. <laughs> like, oh, no. It looked dreadful. And I was like, I'm not getting my haircut here, and I just walked out. And the barber went, Are you not getting your haircut? And I was like, Oh no, I forgot if something else on. He was like. I left the shop open for you, mate. And I was like, oh, well, you've got more customers now, don't you? And he was like, he just went, fucking hell. <laughs> I just walked out the door and I was like, well, I guess that's two barbers I've betrayed this weekend. <laughs> wow, yeah, you've become a real, like, barber harasser. Yeah, I'm going to be banned from every um, hair, you are, hair like, it's gonna be like Stoke uh, on Trent. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, the casinos where they have those camera systems where, like, <laughs> they'll catch you around, cheating yeah. and then you'll be yeah, you'll be barred from all of them. Yeah. You'll go in and they'll be like, we know your game, mate. You're just going to sit here till we close <laughs> and then walk out. You're going to make us leave the doors open that you're not even going to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to book a haircut then not turn up, go to somewhere else <laughs> and then make them do four more haircuts than they wanted to. Yeah. It's just real awkward. I was like, I, like I said, again, I get a real basic haircut, but this person yeah. was getting a real basic haircut. It looked honestly but awful. But they did a really bad job. I feel like it's become like to such a point, you know, because everybody just gets the haircut, yeah. which is like skin fade. longer on top, yeah. skin fade on the back and the sides, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. The haircut every motherfucker has. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the only haircut they train barbers to do now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I went into the barber, and I've got long hair, right? I had very long hair uh, yeah. for a, you know, for, 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 a, for, for a bloke, traditionally speaking. Mm-hmm. I'd gone to the salon before, right? A, a year or so ago, I'd gone to the salon to get it done. And I was like, I'm not going back to the salon. They charge like 50 quid. The barbers charged me 30. Yeah. That's an, what, it's you an know, easy the, option, the skill, right? The skill level between them cannot be that much. I'm poor. I'm just going to go with a 30 quid option. And I walked in. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 got, you got whatever his name was, Stevie Jeff. Yeah. You're in good hands. He'll sort you out. And I sat down and, and Stevie Jeff was like, you know, short back and sides, is it? And I thought, like, oh, no, 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 mate. I just want a little bit, you know. Just I just want to take, well, just, you know, t- I, no, I wanted like a lot off, yeah, you know. Yeah. I wanted to maybe cut like six inches of, of hair off. Yeah. I wanted to take it from, you know, below nipple to above shoulder. Yeah, got right? That's a big haircut. That's yeah, a big yeah. haircut. But clearly, this man had never never cut long hair yeah, before. Th- this guy just tied your hair into a knot and cut, cut it off. <laughs> like, he might, genuinely, he might as well have done. I was just like, 
I don't feel like what I asked for for somebody who's literally trained. Like their job is to cut hair. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, look, you just take it just above the shoulder, you know, yeah. so that it hangs loose. Put a little bit of uh, texture into it, you know, layer it up a bit mm -hmm. so that it doesn't just hang straight. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to just be able to put a little bit of salt, salt, uh, salt and pepper spray. Yeah. Some sea salt, <laughs> some sea salt spray in but my a hair. Cumin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to be able to spice my hair up, just push it back off my face yeah. and have it just kind of like be a little bit of just like a messy yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. kind of surfer, surfy kind of look, uh -huh. right? And what this man did was he took an hour and a half to <laughs> literally just cut a straight line across the back of my neck. <laughs> Do you reckon he went, he went in like the back room and just Googled long hair high cut? <laughs> Genuinely. They did it in such a way where like it curls like the, the front of my hair. I don't know how he managed it. Like curls forward. Yeah. Like, a, so it comes up like and around my ears. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It looks like I, I went into the barber and went, Hey, can you give me like a haircut that like Winona Ryder in 2004 <laughs> might have had? <laughs> right. But I'm a six foot tall, very large man. Yeah. Hey, can you give me a haircut of somebody's a love interest in an Adam Sandler film? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you give me a pixie cut, but I've got a huge beard and am fat. <laughs> and the guy was like, no, this will take some research. And he walked yeah. into the back room, put on 50 first dates and sat there for the whole Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you just like... You know, if you if you could only see my haircut, which yeah. would be a weird situation, but if I was hiding behind some sort of Christmas tree and you could only yeah. see my haircut, you'd be like, "Oh, Zoe Deschanel's trying something different." <laughs> <laughs> and then I walk out and I look more like Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, well, the Jack Black would probably have that haircut at some point as a joke. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I, the point is, my hair. So the point so is, long. kids, <laughs> pay for your pay for a good hairdresser. Yeah. Right. It's expensive, but they know what they're doing, and barbers will only give you a skin fade and a little bit longer on top. Do you know what's crazy? It's because like that that more or less is the haircut I get, but I only get a haircut like four times a year, right? Because I just let it yeah, grow out. Yeah. But because my hair is a lot curlier, I normally am just like just literally take like three inches off the length of it and just leave it as it is. And normally it's yeah. fine. Um but the barber I went to just before I moved house, there was one guy that was fine, did exactly the right job. Um, and was always very pleasant, like to talk to. And if you got the other cunt, he was like, "No one of those lads." He's like, "Oh, fucking sideshow bobs into there." <laughs> and then he oh, would, God. he'd yeah, shave yeah. the side of my head and then straighten my hair to cut it short. So then, whenever it actually was curly again, it like looked ridiculous. Because I'm like, "Well, you've yeah. straightened it, cunt. You can't straighten <laughs> it and then cut it." Because then, whenever it's curly again, it's a completely fucking different shape to what you've done it. And I'd constantly be like, "Hey, just don't straighten it." I'm like, "Oh, I have to. I don't know how long it is." And I'm like. Use your fucking eyes. <laughs> you know the eyes. Just, that you just use. pull it yeah. slightly. Yeah, you know the eyes you use for the other hairs that you cut. <laughs> just it's the same hair. It's not like you've got texture blindness. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a fucking mantle man. And that's why now, Bro, now that I've got like... this new place, I just don't want to betray him. And then the guy I actually sent the phone to the guy who I missed the appointment, but like, hey man, like I'm really sorry. I'm happy to pay it. But in my head, knowing he wouldn't ask that. Right. And he was like, Oh yeah, don't worry, because it's a Saturday, we're fairly busy, but you know, just obviously if it happened another time, I probably would have to charge you for it. And in my head I was like, Fuck. I was just a gamble. I didn't think he'd actually ask me. To do it. I'm like, no, no, I've committed to paying for it. No, it's an, it's an empty, th it's an empty threat. It's an empty yeah. threat. You know, yeah. 
He'd say that like the next time as well. He'd be like, oh, well, next time I really am going to have to, um, you know. But yeah, that's Because I did that once with my therapist and then she did, and that she did actually then make me pay for it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was, I was just being nice. Yeah. I don't, you make 50 pounds an hour, which is yeah. a lot more money than I make. I think you can probably take the hit better than I can. You make 50 pounds an hour to make me cry. I think, I think you can Yeah, quite. I think you, you could well, fucking take the hit on this one. If anyone knows I can't afford this, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> surely you know what you're doing is going to cause more issues once again yeah this I feels suppose, calculated i suppose yeah they're just making more business for themselves right the trick is yeah if you're a really bad therapist you get more you get more therapist work because people get more and more sad than them to keep coming back god it's a big conspiracy <laughs> yeah every therapist is bad and they do it on purpose <laughs> And they do it on purpose to make you worse. Yeah. The same. same with doctors and barbers. You need more haircuts if your first one's shit. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, you know the film Anger Management? No. All right. Anger Management, uh, Adam Sandler has to go through Anger Management, and it's um, Jack Nicholson or Nicholas, which everyone's not the golfer. Shining Man. Who's the guy from The Shining? Is that Jack Nicholson? Jack- That's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Jack Nicholson is Adam Sandler's um, uh, therapist. Has to help him through anger management. It is a whole big series of things where he makes it look like everything's going wrong. He's fucking Adam Sandler over because what Adam Sandler is is an internal rage person who internalizes it and then explodes. So he's trying to get him to let his anger out in normal ways. At the end of, right. it, at the end of it, Adam Sandler admits that he's angry with everything and then he feels better and he kisses his girlfriend in public something he's too afraid to do anyway this film is obviously a sequel to that with paul blart and all those cunts <laughs> i see okay so why don't we describe the poster oh yeah <laughs> and then we'll get into it well obviously that's adam sandler at the top there. yeah 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 you can tell it's the sandman the, the next to the next to the big block letters that say henry fonda yeah all right big yellow poster Huge yep. ladders in the middle just say 12 angry men at the bottom in kind of grayscale there are 12 men. Yeah, I think it's drawings because yeah. otherwise these men are very fucked looking. <laughs> yeah. At the top left there is one of the men who I think is the an, a, the a same man from the bottom drawings the closest one, the biggest one. He's holding a huge knife. Yeah, like the uh, biggest uh, knife you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Do you know what the the drawings look a bit like Mart Rushmore but drawings? Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a bit Rushmore-esque, hey? Yeah. I think it's just because it's big faces, yeah. right? There's not much body in there. It's just all yeah. big face. It's just big face and grey. Famously how you would describe Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, What's the tagline there, Matthew, dear? There's two taglines. One says, life is in their hands, death is on their minds, <laughs> which I think is a good tagline. Yeah, that's not bad. The other one says it explodes like 12 sticks of dynamite, which is a bad tagline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should have quit while they were ahead. Well, what I'm thinking is what if this is like, um, this is like a, a sequel to Anger Management, right? Which we don't need to okay. have the plot to, but what I think it is is Adam Sandler and all his friends. You know, the usual cast of Adam Sandler's friends. It's all like, it's like Chris Rock and uh, Kevin James and David Spade. Chris Rock, Kevin James, David Spade, um... Vince Rob, Vaughan, is he yeah, in there? Is he in the mix? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider for sure. Steve Buscemi turns up every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah all yeah, those yeah. kind of cons, do you know what I mean? Like all those ones. Maybe even Dana Carvey's there, right? All yeah. those people, right? Uh, Kristen Wig. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to think, because there's like, there's Kristen Schaal, Kristen Bell, and Kristen Wig, and I was yeah. like, I could, 
Kristen Bell is the one married to Dax Shepard and is in Frozen and the good that place. That doesn't help me at all. I don't. I couldn't okay. place Dax Shepard in a fucking line. Okay, well, she's she's in Frozen and the good place. Kristen Shell's the flight of the Concords lady and yes. voice actress. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then Kristen Wiig is Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters, probably yeah. other stuff. But yeah, I reckon it's just all that kind of like mid-tier level uh, comedians from Saturday Night Live. And the idea is that maybe they're all incredibly angry people. And it's just, you know, kind of like the contest. It's like the last one of you to explode in anger wins like a big prize. Maybe oh, okay. It's like a hands on the hard body, but yeah. with an- anger. But they've maybe it's like they've all put like... Oh, maybe it's like a huge swear jar thing and they've all put like $100 in and the last one to swear in anger over the weekend gets all the money. That's good. And maybe you can have a huge cameo at the start, right? And it's like an absolute... Well, hang on, hang on. How about... Because I I, I like the idea, right, that it's some sort of competition. Yeah. That they are, you know, that they are 12 people with anger management problems Mm -hmm. and that there's maybe a prize at the end and that there's like a... But I think we need to, because of the big knife, because life is in their hands, death is on their minds. Yeah. Sticks of dynamite. I think we need to make it more high stakes. Okay. I think maybe Adam Sandler, the Sandman, who's got the huge knife, Mm -hmm. right? Is like, it's almost like a most dangerous game situation where these 12 guys have like... um. Slash Battle Royale, where these 12 guys have been kidnapped, right? And they all wake up on an island and they've got like bomb collars on that are attached to their heart rate or something or their testosterone levels or some shit like that. It's got a contraption. <laughs> and then big Sandler face comes up on like the in a hologram over the island and he's like, yeah, listen up. <laughs> That's my Sandler voice. Oh, what about what if it's something similar to that, right? But instead of it being so like everyone's gonna die what if it's literally adam sandler's died and in his will he's like i'm gonna leave all i'm gonna leave the entirety of happy madison productions and all of my money to one of you buds but you only get it the last person testosterone go over this level so they still all have the heart rate monitors and all on but it's like they're all just trapped in his house and it's the last one to lose they go mad and gets mm-hmm. the money and rolls and stuff and he's dead but then you can have it be like it's a big prank or something and he's actually been fine the whole time or some yeah. shit like that well, that's the plot to, like, uh, House on Haunted Hill, right? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, where they all turn up at the house, and it's like, oh, it's haunted, somebody died here, and then it turns out it's all a big fake, and it's just, like, a guy pretending to be a ghost. Oh, But well, then yeah. there's a real ghost, and somebody gets pushed into a vat of acid. Oh, maybe we could do that also. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, if, wait, what if Sandman's died, right? And this is, maybe it's not actually just Adam Sandler. Like, it's just, like, you know, we'll make it that... Maybe it's... Maybe they're all in acting school together, and he's the only one's made it. Uh-huh. Right? And what they- if... <clears throat> yes, go on. By all means. Because I'm, I'm coming back to this, like, life is in their hands, death is on yeah. their minds, right? Mm-hmm. What if Adam Sandler, the Sandman, in a role that he was born for, plays the most annoying man alive? <laughs> right? And the only people who can save him are, like, this hyper-fucking, like, highly strung... <laughs> Like House MD kind of style, yeah. incredible genius doctors, but they've got the shortest fuses you can possibly imagine. Yeah, right. And so, and and but the Sandman is incredibly rich and the most annoying man alive. And so he flies all these doctors in, and he's like, "You've got to save me, doctors." Um, but I'm incredibly annoying, and you're all really highly strung. And so they've got to their thing is like. Look, we're doctors. We took the Hippocratic Oath. We've got to save this man, but we all really want to kill him. All right, can I add another layer to this? Yeah. 
What if what has happened is he has a very delicate heart condition? Right? Uh-huh. And if he gets too spooked, he'll die of a heart attack. So they, uh-huh. they can't get too angry around him. <laughs> he'll die, right? But I think the idea is that, like, at any point, if, the, if one of them makes, like, volume over a certain level, they're just removed from the house. And it's like the last doctor gets whatever, like, some sort of prize or something like that, right? <laughs> and I think that's funny. I'm just like, everyone getting angry, angry, but it's like a thing he set in the house because he's like a billionaire, right? That anyone whose volume is over a certain level is just ejected and barred from the house permanently. Right, okay. But I don't know what the prize could be then because it's that kind of be like, well, if you can cure my heart disease, then I'll give you like, I don't know. Not only will I give you like loads of money, but you'll be like one of the most famous doctors in the world because you've essentially cured heart attacks or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I think that's mm. good because then you've got both the thing of like both they have a a a, a medical reason to do it, like is it like a fame reason they'll get money and like. It, well, maybe it's just like maybe it's just like the most advanced. He's built the most advanced science lab. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the good. world, and he's yeah. like, look, I'm dying. I'm making sandwiches. <laughs> Um, and I'm a billionaire, and here's the most fucking like you can, and and if you cure me, you can have it, right? This is yeah. yours to do what you want. I'll, I'll fund your research for the rest of your lives. Oh, right? yeah, that's good. Yeah, and you can have the lab, like the mo- yeah, yeah, and you can have the lab. Uh, and I've brought here the two, the the twelve best and angriest doctors <laughs> on the planet because I also have a sick sense of humor. Yeah. Um. And I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to die for my art. Oh, wait, or whatever. What, what if you just make it, this happens just during, like, June 2020, and they're all stressed out because they're, like, the head doctors of their individual hospitals is during COVID, and he's just fucking kidnapped them all. They're like, you can't <laughs> fucking do that. And he's like, I'm dying. My hiney sore. <laughs> <laughs> my hiney. Yeah. And they're all very stressed because they have to get back to their families, but then they realize... Well, this is the most advanced. If I if I win this competition, then I can bring my family here and they'll be safe because of how like it's everything in here is so safe from the outside world and yeah, all yeah. sterile. Exactly. And maybe it turns out that like he's just a hypochondriac and he's just got like the flu. Yeah, which I think is also good. He's just got heartburn because he's been eating like too much meat. Yeah, he yeah, eats yeah, yeah. nothing but meat, like just beef. He's got the Jordan <laughs> Peterson diet. He just he, keeps... he just eats raw beef and jalapeno peppers. Yeah. He always is talking about how much he respects Jordan Peterson. Now everyone gets really angry about it. <laughs> what? Yeah, rules, okay, so I, you yeah. sons of bitches. <laughs> I like this because now we've got a bit of like a saw movie, even yeah. where you know we can have like news from you know outside the compound like yeah 12 top doctors go missing in yeah. time of crisis right what bumbling detectives you know what like kevin james and um somebody who's like a like a uh a tougher you know hard as nails no nonsense oh uh ranner jeremy ranner he's in jeremy the- ranner he's in stuff no, but he seems like he would be in like because he's like that he'd be like the hard man in the comedy right but he'd still be willing to do the comedy shtick i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i wonder if ren is more of like the sort of the the rival cop you know oh yeah, yeah. you've where you've got like Kristen wig and kevin james yeah as like the sort of goof em up cops yeah. and then jeremy ren is like the super cop who comes in and he's just like doing all like action shots and you know you film him <laughs> like it's a superhero movie and then you film Kristen wig and kevin james just like in their ford fiesta uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know like and kevin james drops a burger down himself and everyone laughs 
Maybe Kristen Wiig does a fart and makes a funny face. This is a joke constantly at everything. Kevin James eats, he spills on himself. Like, that's just, no matter what it is, like, he just spills it down himself constantly. Like, at one point, at one point, he's literally just taking a bite of, like, a turkey leg, and somehow all the barbecue sauce at the same time just slips off and down him. He's like, oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting his COVID vaccine, and he squirts just all down his front. <laughs> yeah. All right, can I just, I think I have a good opening bit. I think, or not opening, but I think I have a good early gag. After yeah. after everyone wakes up in the house and they come into like the big meeting room, Adam Sandler explains to everyone the rules, and they all go to like shout, and then he just puts his finger up like ah, because you like if you shout you get kicked out. Yeah, yeah. If you shout, my hiney will explode. <laughs> yeah, so they That's all just, like, look at each other like like quietly, and you just hear someone go, "Oh, son of a bitch!" And you look up, and someone's like, and "Kevin James just spilled coffee," but it's gone over. It's just like who's it? like a fucking enormous actor. It's gone over like Leonardo DiCaprio when he just gets ejected immediately. And it's that's gone all, it's Al Pacino. It's yeah, Al Pacino. And, and that's all you see of him, right? He's like, "Son of a bitch!" And that just is gone. <laughs> like literally, as he says it, just the door opens, two police come in, just drag him out. The door shuts again. Yeah, yeah, just two like guys in like surgical yeah. gowns, you know. They come in and they they trank him. They give yeah. him like an injection in the neck, and, and they take him out. Actually, that would be a good funny bit as well. They'd be like, "Why did you trank us? You could have just brought us here." And he's like, "I just had to be sure." Like, and then like he says, "Yeah, everybody we could leave whenever they want." And he's like, "Well, then why did you need to trank us?" And he's like, "Just was safer." And then like whatever, Al Pacino gets taken out and tranked. And they're like, "You don't have to trank us. Happy <laughs> live." And then that's that's the next. Most- and he's like, "Well, I bought all these tranquilizers." <laughs> That's the next most famous actor. That's like, I don't know, George Clooney. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to, why do you keep tranking us? And then he gets tranked. And he's like, anyone else? <laughs> like, just from the back, just Adelina Julie just leans forward, just puts her finger up and just immediately tracked. Adam's always just like, she wasn't even one of the 12 men. <laughs> I don't know how she got here. Yeah. I only want the angriest men, doctors. Yeah. From my height. I don't want a girl to see my hiney. That sounds like a thing that Adam yeah. Sander would say, right? I don't want a girl to see my hiney. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about the big cough, though. <laughs> oh, it's all right. We're both a bit sick yeah. today, and I will do my best to do get rid of all the sniffs and coughs. But if I miss a few, you know what? It's free content. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> don't be an angry man. <laughs> Exactly. But I right, so I reckon I figured out the conflict part of this now, right, as well. Literally the start of the next day, I don't know, who who's gonna be our fucking main actor? Cause like I'm not I'm not making a film with Kevin James, even ironically, as the main guy. I can't do it. No, no, Kevin <laughs> Kevin James is one is the cop. Right? Okay. Kevin James and Kristen Wiig, I think, are the cop duo who are looking for the twelve doctors. Okay. Right? Okay. They're the ones who are on the case. Yeah. They're trying to catch Adam Sandler. Jeremy Renner is the antagonist cop who's yeah. like, I'm going to get there first. I'm going to get the medal again. And they're like, oh, you rascal Jeremy Renner. And the lead of the movie oh, is... Go on. Go on. You I was going to say, say Chris Rock. See, I don't know whether Chris Rock has got the chops for it, you know? Well, I was just thinking because it's a dumb comedy film and he's at least got some dramatic capabilities. Well, I right? was going to say um, the other... The other sh- uh, short black comedian, Kevin... Oh, Kevin Is Hart. Is it Kevin? Kevin Hart. There we go. Yeah. Kevin Hart and Chris Rock, I feel like, would make a good All right, well, like, what about, what about angry this, team, you know? Yeah. What about this, then? What if the four main people here, like the main competitors are competing for, right? There's still 12, but these are the four like people we focus on, right? Are Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart. David Spade, and, yeah, and Mike Myers... 
okay. <laughs> but what I think okay. happens is, right? I think, I'm gonna, see, here's what I'm thinking with Mike Myers is it's a great choice. It's a great casting choice. I think he is the Sandman's nurse. Oh, yeah, that's good. I yeah. think Mike Myers is dressed up like just as Mike Myers, but he's yeah. got like a nursing, like, like a, almost like a sexy nurse costume on. Yeah. Right? Like one of those, like uh, a cross between like a French maid outfit and a nurse's uniform. And he's got a big feather duster that he uses <laughs> to tickle the 12 men. And <laughs> his name is Nurse Carry On, and he just does yeah, carry on. Yeah, jokes yeah, the whole exactly. Time. I think yeah. that's a perfect, yeah, okay, well, then, a perfect role for Mike Myers, and I think we got to because we got to get the Schneider in there somewhere. No, I think Rob Schneider is just going to be one of the fucking dumb cons around about the background. He gets out like not early, but he goes out like halfway through, right? Maybe we get Vince Vaughn in there. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. So Vince Vaughn, David Spade, Chris Rock, and Kevin Hart in the main and four. And Kevin Hart, those are I, four main guys. What I think happens is right because Vince Vaughn obviously is going to be your like actual like grounded character, right? Because he's the only one of them other than maybe Chris Rock who's not constantly just doing bits right yeah 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 vince vaughn finds out that adam sandler is a hypochondriac right and he's like all we have to do is not be the last one to scream and we'll get this facility we can hmm. we can share it if we just do this right we just have to convince him we've cured him yeah all we've right? got to do is just make a pill yeah. out of gaviscon and broccoli and he'll be fine he just needs nutrients and antacids but what i'm gonna say is but then what happens is david spade's like why would we share when I could just win? And what happens is that everyone then just starts trying to get trick ways to make everyone yeah. else scream. It becomes not a document, not like a, a <laughs> medical drama. Yeah. It becomes just like 10, well, 10 men now yeah. because um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. George and Clooney and Pacino <laughs> got tranquilized and removed yeah. very early on. Also, Angelina Jolie, who wasn't even one of the 12 <laughs> men. Yeah. But that's why I think it's, that it's funny then to have that be like it just becomes the the 10 geniuses who are just in this stupid prank war because they're trying to get the other person to scream or be angry either scream out of fear or be angry just to get kicked out right yeah but then you can still and have so everyone's vince... doing pranks it becomes just like a prank war i was gonna say but you can still have maybe like vince vaughn and kevin hart are genuinely trying to come up with a cure because they're like as much as he is a hypochondriac we still we still have this facility you know we could do this etc and they're trying to stay out of it and they keep like bungling into pranks before they go off you like have a little montage of like one of them opens the door and a bucket falls but it falls the wrong way and then like mike myers makes some pun about being like oh it's a shame you weren't the other side of the bucket i wouldn't mind seeing you out and then just tickles him on the nose yeah yeah just tickles him with the duster and just prances away like that (laughs) it's like stupid shit like that the whole time right I think what could be really fun, a, a very funny scene could be maybe about halfway through is Vince Vaughn and Kevin Hart are working and, you know, they've realized that they can, you know, they've, they've made their like, that, you know, they, they know what's up. They're like, well, look, it's Heine Hertz because he's eating exclusively raw <laughs> meat and shiny pe- and spicy peppers, right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't need to worry about that. But this is like a, a golden opportunity for us to study you know, do all all kinds of different researches that we've been meaning to do. And yeah. they're like, because he's not going to know what's up, right? The other doctors might, but they're too busy doing pranks. So, what, you know, they're just looking at medical journals and taking, like, from their hospital internets, they're downloading, like, DNAs and stuff, and they're doing tests, yeah. trying to cure, you know, diseases, right? They're, try, they're, doing the res- they're doing really, like, important research, and then they get called into the Sandman's office, and he's like... Uh, now you've not been working on your cure for my hiney, right? And it turns out Mike Myers is like a medical genius. 
Yeah. He does have an he comes, great. He's going to have some medical knowledge, right? Yeah. And he comes in and he's like, I've been reading your research and you've been very naughty boys. And he like spanks them with the duster. <laughs> he's like, no more curing cancer till you've cured Mr. Sam and hurt Heine. Can I make a suggestion that Vince Vaughn's name in the film is something just like real basic? Like it's literally like Tom Smith, right? But it is pronounced as it's spelt. So his name is Thomas Smythe. Right, but now, but everyone just keeps calling him Tom Smith. Yeah, and, and he's like, that's f- not what that's not what my name is. But throughout the film, he just keeps he just very calmly keeps going. It's Tom, it's it's Tom Smith. Do you know what I mean like he just like says mm-hmm. that, and then like you can have it build up where eventually someone says it, whatever it's down like him is one of the last few. And he's like, my name is Thomas, Smith. and like, he doesn't know? get through the Smythe before he gets dragged. <laughs> my name is Thomas Smith. <laughs> And he falls over. I reckon that's a very good scene, but I reckon you could have just like a lot of like you know, like, cut bits of just like Rob Schneider goes out like a real dumb way where what happens is he walks into his room and someone's just painted like a naked woman on the wall and he runs into it and hits his face and goes, ah! <laughs> yeah. That's how he gets eliminated. Like, and so people get eliminated real stupid ways, right? Kevin James gets eliminated because he eats a, um, they just got like, a huge fucking Scooby Doo sandwich, but someone's put bees in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good yeah, yeah yeah and so there's all kinds of pranks going on it's very yeah. slapstick um yeah. rivalries are forming um russell brand is there i guess <laughs> oh wait can i suggest how russell brand gets eliminated yeah i think i think at some point the pranks get like real fucking over the top right and david spade finds like um you know one of those like um plastic like you like for making an old man face like that kind of plastic face or like skin putty like a silicon kind of silicon putty yeah and he just make while russell brown's asleep he makes it look like russell brown has a flashy patch instead of a cock like it's just like his penis is gone (laughs) just wakes up starts screaming and he gets eliminated it's just him outside just fully nude but all you can just see him panicking at like this place where his dick used to be He's just panicking. That's, That's how good. he gets eliminated. And then David Spade's just inside does that. You're like, the wipe your hands clean thing. But yeah. he goes to do it and he's just like, ugh. <laughs> it's like all this sludge coming off. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's our, like, our A story. Yeah. Is the, the, 12, the 12 angry doctors trying to cure Adam Sandler's hurt Heine. Yeah. Uh, whose name? I guess we need a name for the Sandman. Um, Heinz 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 Hurtley <laughs> yeah, Heinz Hurtley is his name yeah. cool tech billionaire Heinz Hurtley <laughs> he invented the clock that's also another clock oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> the double clock it. No, and it never explains what that means in the film it's like he's the guy who invented the clock yeah how did this guy clock. invented the double clock <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> no one ever asks what matches what it is in the film. That's just like a, a random like bit of information that we don't need to go into. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just world building. It's just world building. Yeah. And then our B plot is the world outside, right? Yeah. Chaos, pandemic. The twelve world's twelve top doctors have gone missing. Yeah. Um. Well, two of them already missing for a day. They're back. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, two two of them are back, but a little bit sedated. Yeah, and on the case are FBI top agent Jeremy Renner, whose name is um, Dog Switch Knife. Dog Switch Knife. 
And then Kirsten Wiggs name. Oh, wait, maybe Kirsten Wiggs has a wife and she's just like a normal small town cop. And he, he's always like, honey, I got this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You like, he's like a real sexist. He's like, you sit this one out, little lady. Yeah. And it's, like, uh, and it's she's Kirsten like, Wiggs and Paul Blart are like just like Piece small town cop partners. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, and that, that's, that's Kirsten Wiggs' motivation. She's like, the, the brothers, brother and sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to show my brother, I'm going to find these 12 angry men Yeah. before he does. Come on. Uh, come on, Paul Blart, because it's just Paul Blart. <laughs> yeah. uh, come on, Paul Blart, get on your Segway. We're going to go and save the day. It's Paul Blart's small cop. And then there's a very small town in brackets between small and cop. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I reckon it's one of those things where genuinely they fi- like she finds out where they are because George Clooney has come back and he's like, I don't really remember anything. All I remember is there's a real. All I can remember is like, or he, he doesn't remember anything. And the police are like, it's real weird. He smells like, and it's like something like he smells like rye. Like you like rye flour. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. You could also have Paul Blart, but like. I get a rye bagel every morning and every day I smell it and it's always coming from that place over there and he's figured it out because he's just a fucking idiot but it's because he only because <laughs> he thinks about food all the time. Do you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah, they yeah, find yeah. out where it is before dog switchblade Or maybe those. maybe like um, Paul Blart, you know, she's watching this thing and as she as she is, you hear like, oh jeez, oh jeez, oh man and like Paul Blart falls through the door with a rye bagel like all yeah. over his chest you know <laughs> he's got like half of it hanging off his ear and half of it down his front yeah. like he's slipping on a piece of smoked salmon into the police headquarters <laughs> his mustache is just coleslaw like it's yeah, just a coleslaw exactly. and she's yeah. like paul blart where did you get that rye bagel from yeah and he's like there's only one shop sells them that's out past the old o'donoghue place which is like yeah exactly and farm. they go up there and they're like well you know we get all of our flour from this place and i guess you know uh if you go over you know and you know the, the yeah. guy's just volunteering information he's like i go up there to get my rye flour it's the best in the business but who boy for miles around it's all you can smell yeah. you know and they're like okay well now we've got a location right we can go out and search there and yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna fucking tell uh dog <laughs> dog switchblade about this yeah also obviously kirsten wig's name is cat <laughs> Yeah, cat switchblade. <laughs> yeah. I really like the idea as well. Like, they're driving off, and they're like, she's like, oh, my brother's going to be so embarrassed when he finds out I figured out before them. And it just cuts to dog with aviators on with a little head pe- earpiece, and he's in a big van. You're like, like the Punisher van. And he's like, yeah, we'll see who gets there first. And he just swings around into the driver's seat and just rockets off down the road. He, no, he, he gets out. He, like, presses a button and uh, an ejector shoot, shoot like shoots him out of the top <laughs> and into like a Ford Mustang that's parked directly in front of the van. Well, I was going to say it shoots him out of the front and just like for some reason way away that this is another van that shoots a motorbike out and he just lands on it as it comes <laughs> Yeah, that's very good. That's yeah. very good. Also, he, I think it's and as he passes, on, as he gets onto the motorbike, a third van <laughs> shoots out a pair of sunglasses in front of him, and yeah. he just rides into them. Uh, can I have at one point, right? Whenever, like, so whenever they, the police finally arrive at Sadler's house, they look at him like, "Oh my God, how did you get here?" And he turns around before he can say anything. Just you hear the same launching sound, and a cigarette just flies into his mouth. He just takes a pump. <laughs> 
And he's like, I'm always one step ahead. <laughs> and then he throws, crucially, he throws the cigarette away because no one finishes cigarettes yeah. in movies. He throws it away and you just, as he throws it away, you just see a little van come, like drive over it, pick it up and just drive off screen. <laughs> right, I reckon they get there, right? House is all locked, obviously. It's big tech mansion, so they can't get in. At this point, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and fucking hang on, though. Right, and please do continue with your thought, but here's yeah. like my immediate thing, is that now it's home alone. Oh, yes. But unintentionally home alone because um, Jeremy Renner, Kristen Wiig, and Paul Blart are going through the house setting off all the pranks that have been set up <laughs> yes. by yes. the 10 men. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's really good. But I reckon at this point, right, inside, we've only got Spade, Vaughn, Hart and Rock left. That's it. We're down. Right? No, I think we're down to five, right? Because we've got to have. We got Schneider's there. Oh yeah, right? he's the last one to go out. Okay. Uh, right. ab- apart from the main four, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's actually very good because what I was gonna, I was gonna have a fifth person reveal himself, but then still not win. But I think that's good just uh, to okay. have him, right? Right. But I think what happens is then when they're in the house, <clears throat> they all look at each other and realize they've made a genuine breakthrough in in an actual heart defect thing, right? And they're like, right. we could yeah, feasibly. Yeah, yeah stop people having heart attacks with this tablet like people who are at risk could take this and it would reduce the likelihood of heart attacks by like 80 percent and you're like they're all really excited about it and vince vaughn gets them all excited he's like guys you're not understanding think about what we've done we've we're doing something huge here and they all start to cheer and then vince vaughn's face goes real like sore and he's like you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, you fucking idiots. And then Vince Vaughn reveals he works for Big Pharma. Oh shit. And he's like, I'm going to sell this and I'm going to be there. I don't need this fucking lab because I'm going to be the richest cunt in the world. Like, he's like, you fucking idiots. Don't ever realize what you've done, right? And like, yeah. again, as they get is- tranked. Yeah, As they're, but, like, fading yeah. from consciousness, he's yeah. like, you're not going to remember any of this, you yeah. cunts. You're not going to remember any of this, and I'm going to be the big man on campus selling yeah. my stuff to fucking Pfizer. Yeah. And while this is happening, right, the cops are going through setting all the traps off, right? But they're like, we have to be quiet because no one knows we're in here. So it's like, they're all struggling not to scream as all the pranks are going off. Like, just, and even just one stupid one where, like, maybe they've managed to, to like, be quiet the whole time. But then, in a moment of, like, sitting there, like, yeah. sorry. As they're, like, sitting on the floor, like, sweating, etc., right? Paul Bart's like, oh, God, that was a close one. And he goes to open a tin of peanuts, and the snake comes out, and he screams. <laughs> right? So then, people all descend into the living room, you know, like the, like the, or into the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, and, Renner starts, and the police. Renner starts fighting them. Renner's, yeah. like, kicking the shit out of them, and Paul Blart and Kristen Wigger like, crawling under hands and knees. Yeah, I think, but as that's happening, right? Renner um, starts fighting them all, and he's just like, Go! Find the man, find the man. And Kristen Wiig runs upstairs and finds um Snyder and just grabs him and is like, Tell me where everyone is, tell me where they are. And he's like, There's only one other person left, he's in there. He's called Tom Smith. Yeah. <laughs> and Kristen Wiig's character's like, Tom Smith, come out of there, and he's like, My name is Thomas <laughs> Smith. And then he just gets ejected and just dragged out. And then Rob Schneider walks in and out of the saddle. He's just like, you did it, Rob Schneider. <laughs> they all good stuff. Nice. Yeah. And Rob Schneider, yeah. like, he's been just like, I think he maybe Rob Schneider's there just there by mistake, right? Rob Schneider's like this idiot, like intern who's been mistaken for this top doctor. I reckon Rob Schneider's a chiropractor. <laughs> 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 he, all that happened was one time he fixed 
Adam Sandler's like sore neck and he's got yeah. cold back ever since. Adam Sandler thinks he's a fucking genius. So he's like, I don't even have a medical. Like, I mean, I literally got this in the post. <laughs> um, so he wins the big lab and then curses Jert's the one that arrests Adam Sandler for kidnapping. I was going to say, yeah, they have to arrest him and then they're being led. He's being led out. And does, a big, does a big spicy fart, obviously, because he's been eating pot. Yeah, peppers. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the press is all there, right? And they're like, how did you do it? How did you find them? Cat switchblade, you know? And she, you know, she's given like a big interview and they're like, oh, wow. You know, I guess, I guess being a really good detective runs in the family. Your brother must be very proud. And she's like, um, oh, I don't think my brother's much of anything at all at the moment. And as she says that, like the paramedics come past and Jeremy is there. He's just got 15 needles in him. He's like slurring his words. He's like, arse is fully out on the stretcher. <laughs> Yeah, covered um, in bagels and raw meat. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Paul Blart comes over, is like, "Well, I'll tell you what, you did a pretty good job here today, cat." And yeah, he yeah, and he pe- goes to take opens a sip. the peanuts. Like, <laughs> oh, takes the, the peanuts and the snakes. Yeah, and sticks again. And he's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And he and falls he says, backwards into Jeremy Renner and sends yeah. him like rolling down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and it just cu- it just cuts to like you know, like a year later or something and like Kirsten Wiggs like the town sheriff now and Paul maybe Blart it cuts just- to like so when you inter- when they introduced Jeremy Renner yeah. they had like this really cool you know where it's like cowboy boots don't you know walking along to like a rock soundtrack and it's, he, it's, it's carry like, on my wayward son yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and he like the cigarette you know they f- you you cut to like the hand and it flicks the cigarette and it cuts yeah. to them like putting on the sunglasses and you don't ne- yeah, you know yeah. you never see his whole face or anything until he like rides away on the motorbike you know and the leather yeah. jacket right and all of that happens this time again but this time when it cuts to them riding away it's Kristen wig on the motorbike yeah yeah and then Paul Blart's behind her on the Segway. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, right? When she rides away on the motorbike, right? When it does, like, the yearly thing and it pauses on her, like, right, she's got the tire and it's like, you know, Cat Switchblade became sheriff of that town. Uh, the town's had low crime, uh, the lowest crime rates in history ever since. And then it just cuts to um, Paul Blart and it's like, Dog Switchblade was never was never able to recover from that amount of tranquilization and lost his driver's license. He left his vans to, to Paul Blart. It just shows you Paul Blart get launched out of the van but just face plopped because he's too heavy. And then, <laughs> face and other, no, into a trifle. No, yeah, but then, <laughs> then the other van just fires the Segway on him and it just hits him and he's like, oh, fuck! It fires like a lit cigarette at him and it just like... <laughs> Burns a hole in his the arse of his trousers. <laughs> yeah. That just goes through like all the doctors, etc. Be like, you know, Vince Vaughn um never got the never or was never able to, to prove that he had invented it so he couldn't do it. Chris Rock and David Spade released the you know, yada yada all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that, that's like um uh, Rob Schneider's character's name we never Rob Schneider's character back cracking to that. <laughs> <laughs> turned the most advanced medical facility in the world into uh, a rent-a-room uh, chiropractic clinic. It closed six months later. Channeled $12 billion into research on chiropractic for snakes. And it's just like he just fucking loses all the money. It just cuts to him working at that bagel shop and that's the last scene of the film. Oh no, the last scene is it's Adam Sandler in prison with Mike Myers sitting next to him. He just keeps farting and turning around going, my, and then Mike Myers like, yes, you're highly sore. <laughs> <laughs> and then carry on my wayward son plays again over the credits. Yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, fantastic. What a movie. I mean, okay, I'd hate right. it. I wouldn't watch that film. No, but I reckon it's one of those ones you could watch in a group setting and it would be all right. 
Uh, how close do you reckon this will be to the real one? <laughs> do you know what? I think the real one will have 12 angry men in it, and that's about it. Here we go. In the overheated jury room of the New York County Courthouse, a jury prepared... I am already bored. I, I tell you this, I know we pointed this out before. Old films are about boring shit. Old no films old are, film well, that's that, because nothing interesting happened in olden times. There's no old film that's like, eh, hey, what about a cowboy that falls in love with a, a dragon? Yeah, there's <laughs> not. Shrek would not have been invented in 1950. It would have been like an, an analogy for racism, but as if it was good. <laughs> the end of Shrek would have been all the people Lord killing Lord would have been the hero in 50 yeah. Shrek. Everyone kills. I'll just let you know now, Matt. I've just noted, like, scanned out. I see the word bigoted in here, so let's get excited. A jury prepares to, to deliberate the case of an impoverished 18 year old accused of stabbing his abusive father to death. Well, this is already fun. <sighs> okay. here's, a, here's, here's, here's my position on that. Let them. <laughs> I agree. If, 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 if the fact that they're abusive is not in question, that's not a crime. Yeah. The judge instructs them that if there is any reasonable doubt, the jurors are to return a verdict of not guilty. If found guilty, the defendant will receive a mandatory death sentence via the electric chair. The verdict must be unanimous. At first, the case seems clear. A neighbor testified to witnessing the defendant stab his father from her window through the window of a passing elevated train. Another neighbor testified that he heard the defendant threaten to kill his father and the father's body hitting the ground. Then, as he ran to his door, saw the defendant running down the stairs. The boy is a violent past. He had recently purchased a switchblade. <gasps> oh my god. What and the his fuck? name was Dog. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I, I mean, to be fair, there's a big switchblade on the poster. That might be why we put oh, that yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's probably where it got it from. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Uh, a switchblade of the same type that was found wiped a fingerprints at the murder scene, but he claims he lost it. In a preliminary vote, all jur- jurors vote guilty, except for Juror 8, who believes there should be some discussion before the ver- verdict is made. Yeah, he you says know he what? Can't- I would say there's 11 people entirely too eager to put a boy to death in that, move, <laughs> yeah, in that, in that room. Yeah. Juror 8's Henry Fonda, would you believe? Davis? I would believe it. I would yeah. believe it. He says he cannot vote guilty because reasonable doubt exists. With his first few arguments seemingly failing to convince any of the other jurors, Juror 8 suggests a secret ballot from which he will abstain. If all the other jurors still vote guilty, he will acquiesce. The ballot reveals one not guilty vote. Juror 9 reveals that he changed his vote. He respects Juror 8's motives and agrees there should be more discussion. Juror 8 argues that the noise of the passing train would have obscured everything the second witness claims to have overheard. Juror 5 changes his vote, as does Juror 11. Jurors 5, 6, and 8, Jesus Christ, further question the second witness's story. After looking at the diagram of the witness's apartment and conducting an experiment, the jurors determine that it is impossible the disabled witness could have made it to the door in time. Juror 3, infuriated, argues with and tries to attack Juror 8. Juror 2 and 6 change their votes. The jury is now evenly split. So, in many ways, the jurors changing their votes from... Yes, guilty to not guilty. It's a lot like scientists getting tranquilized <laughs> and removed from the house one by one. I agree. Absolutely. Juror 4 doubts the defendant's alibi based on the boy's inability to recall specific details. Juror 8 tests Juror 4's own memory to make a point. Jurors 2 and 5 point out the unlikelihood the boy made a stab wood angle downwards as he is shorter than his father. Juror 7 changes vote out of impatience rather than conviction. <laughs> Anger oh, I relate to that so much, right? Yeah. Killer boy. I don't even want to kill a boy anymore. I'm so bored. 
After another vote, jurors 12 and 1 also changing sides, leaving only three guilty votes. Juror 10 goes on a bigoted rant, causing juror 4 to forbid him to speak for the remainder of the deliberation. Oh, that's cool. That's unusual to see uh, an old movie saying being bigoted's a bad thing. Yeah. When juror 4 is pressed why he still maintains a guilty vote, he declares that the woman he saw the killing from across the street stands as solid evidence. Juror 12 reverts to guilty. After watching Juror 4 remove his glasses and rub the impressions he made in his nose, Juror 9 realised that the fir- first witness was constantly rubbing a similar impression on her own nose, indicating that she also was a habitual glasses wearer. He observed a habitual that she- glasses wearer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a funny phrase. Oh man, I've got a real bad glasses habit. I just, fucking, I just love being able to see stuff properly. Fuck, I don't know. I, I mean, like... I'd say I can't even see properly without them anymore. It's almost like I've got an addiction to, to my glasses. It's very funny to imagine going to like Addicts Anonymous kind of a group, like, you know, just for all kinds of addiction problems. But like, I just can't stop working. I even drive with them on. It's, it's really a problem. You would not believe how much I love to zoom. <laughs> Sometimes I just tip binoculars to my face and just look at my feet. <laughs> It's like they're right there. Yeah. See, right. now this is, hang on, this is the second time, I want to d- dial down on this, because this is the second time you've referred to glasses as being more or less the same <laughs> thing as binoculars. And that's not how they, they no, don't I know. things I know. closer. I know, but you certainly, you certainly can wear the very specific types of glasses over the top of each other that will zoom in, but it's a very, 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 very specific yeah, yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that's not, all, I know all glasses are just okay, zooming just your checking. eyes. <laughs> I know it's not like a sniper scope, like every <laughs> second pair of glasses. You can just like toggle down how close in you want the glasses to be. Although, I'd fucking love those if I could toggle how zoomed in my eyes were. Anyway, he observes she also is always dressed up in clothes befitting a younger woman, hence not wearing the glasses in court. Juror 8 remarks that the witness who was trying to sleep when she saw the killing through a bedroom window would not have had glasses on or time to put them on, making her story questionable. Jurors 10. 12 and 4 all change their vote leaving juror 3 as the sole dissenter juror 3 is a real bad bloke hey yeah juror 3 vehemently and desperately tries to convince the others until he finally reveals that his strained relationship with his own son makes him wish the defendant was guilty (sighs) Jesus Christ dude fucking ever heard of juror selection get rid of that guy (laughs) he breaks down in tears and changes his vote to not guilty as the others leave juror 8 graciously helps juror 3 with his coat the defendant is acquitted off screen and the jurors leave the courthouse. Jurors 8 and 9 stop to learn each other's real name, Davis and McCardle respectively, before parting. Uh, I mean, there's definitely of the old ones we've done, there have been worse ones. I was going to say, I would watch, I think I would watch that movie over <laughs> the one that we made. Because that genuinely sounds like it might be like, if, if you saw that as like a play... You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That would That's be, like, really good, because it's, like, set in one room, it's very tense, I'm sure there's a lot of cool dialogue and monologues and stuff. I reckon if Channel 4 made a version of that now that was an R, I'd watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the way I'd put it, yeah. If you had, like, David Tennant in there and... Um, Batista. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave Batista, uh, Toby Jones, you know, yeah, all Paul of the Blank. famous British character actors. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try to make our film again. Yeah, I mean, that, I genuinely, I think I probably would I genuinely that think that sounds like yeah. an okay film. We've finally failed at last. We're, our hubris. Whereas our film was a hot nightmare of terrible <laughs> actors. You say that, but I would fucking love to see Paul Blart get launched out of a car and then get hit by a Segway. <laughs> 
our film is the sort of film that I would watch like a clip of on YouTube and get angry yeah. about. Well, it's like, do you, what was that show? The Pentaveret? You know, the Mike Myers show? Yes, exactly I, that. I watched an episode of that and thought it was shit. But that one clip of Shrek turning up genuinely made me laugh yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like those shows have the potential for that where it's like... I think it's the sort of thing where, like Paul Blart, it might gain a bit of like an ironic cult following. There's, there's a lot of times I think about stuff that I think has really, really informed what I find funny. Mm. And I honestly think... The scene from Billy Madison where the the teacher tells him he's an idiot is maybe inform my comedy more than anything, which is the bit where he goes on like a, this huge fucking ludicrous story trying to answer uh, what what is important about industry or something, and he just tells a story about a little dog that he knew, and the teacher's like, "Mr. Madison, what you said at no point even remotely approached an answer." <laughs> it's like. It's like Everyone in this room is stupider for having heard what you've said. May God have mercy on your soul. I warned you no points. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like genuinely pissing myself. Yeah, that. I I mean, like, even like just the really stupid stuff like the bit in Happy Gilmore where he like destroys the clown on the mini golf course <laughs> with his golf club. Or the bit yeah. where he's like taking the exam in Waterboy. Yeah, and his psychotic girlfriend comes up to the window with the sign. It's like, "Do you want me to kill them?" Yeah, you know, those are jokes that are just like I remember almost nothing about those movies, but those jokes, those jokes that stay with you, right? Yeah, uh, same thing. Every pretty much every time Chris Farley turned up in an Adam Sandler film, I remember just because of like he is the funniest man of being angry that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And like just like there's that bit again in Billy Madison where one of the kids throws a sandwich at the back of his head, and it's just him gripping the wheel and just going. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about it just cracks me up because it's the funniest angry face i can imagine yeah and so you know if any of you like kevin james and adam sandler movies and all that kind of shit if you watch grown-ups 2 and you were like this is a good movie we're not coming at you no no actually I, no if you think grown-ups 2 is a good movie you are a fucking idiot that's <laughs> fuck, that, that is one of the like that is an objectively bad film mac right? is and mac is coming at you there. <laughs> yeah. but i think it's oh you, you you are entitled to your opinion uh and i'll give you it but i don't want to watch it and i don't want to watch the movie that we've made either no Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you thought at, at FlickPod69. We have it back. Uh, it was disabled by accident, they said to us. But that's, I mean, it's not. They thought it was going to be a blowjob account. Let's be honest. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot of wanking videos. Yeah. Which um, it might still depend, be. <laughs> depend on how much Patreon we Yeah, get. I was going to say, if we ever start a Patreon, maybe, <laughs> maybe instead we'll start an OnlyFans. <laughs> Would it be really funny to start, instead of starting a Patreon, starting an OnlyFans? Is our bonus content? Our bonus content? Yeah. Hey. If you want the bonus content, set up to Patreon. If you want the bonus content, set up to OnlyFans. There we go. And we did it, everybody. It's exactly the same thing, but we just, because we upload videos instead, it's an hour and a half of the podcast is a picture of a cock. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, get at us on uh, Flickpod69. Tell us. Whether you preferred our movie or 12 Angry Men, and also tell us about a time that your hiney hurt and why that was. <laughs> hey, I have a suggestion. Now, we haven't talked about this off pod, but you can add this out of if you don't want it. Tag other people with our podcast and say that you want them to guest on this. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. But badger celebrities. Yeah. It, respectfully, respectfully, of course, but get men- mention people. You know, let's get uh, your favorite celebrity on, on What the Flick. I my aim is to get Johnny Knoxville on. Okay, cool. 
I'm, I'm I mean, not, I don't, I don't rack it has a great concept of writing scripts, but I think <laughs> it would be funny. Uh, and as always, my goal is to get uh, celebrity crush Paul F. Tompkins on the show. Yeah. All right. Will I say my thing and then we'll leave? Let's do it. Uh, it's always a good day to be a bad boy, but it's a great day to be a poster boy. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Ugh.